sermon today is going to be based on Proverbs 3. But we also must include Hebrews 12 to get a more complete picture of what Solomon is saying in this passage for today. I think that in Proverbs, Solomon again is is speaking as a father. But I want to make an overall kind of blanket statement this morning as we begin our thoughts. It, It concerns faith. Statement number one, when you put your faith in what others say, whether that be your parents, school, the law, and and, uh, subsequently our government, or in our Lord and Savior, and in turn, by the commands that our Father God has given us to live by, we are going to run the risk of butting heads with others, are we not? We'll experience pressure at various times from outside sources. From our friends, it might be to stand up to our parents and maybe something as simple as break a curfew. First time might get you a little talking to. Second time, you might get a month not being able to go out with your friends. A a, a tougher restriction, let's say, or, or whatever. Third time might be the loss of the car. Not going out with that person again or, or maybe even worse. The worst one, I think, is when your mom looks at you with this sad expression and just shakes her head and walks away. That's probably the worst one. From teachers, let's say in school, you're told uh, to get such and such work done for a particular class. And you don't do that for the first time. Maybe it'll just be a bad mark on that particular work. Maybe second time, it'll be a a little worse punishment. Maybe a third time might get you a, a... private audience with the principal. We are given certain rights and privileges by the law that has been in place in our town, our county, our state, and our country. We have certain freedoms that that we can do certain things and there are no repercussions when we do them. If we decide to break one of those laws, we may receive a warning, perhaps a fine, is in order. In my opinion, those who speed excessively or those who run left turn red lights or refuse to stop for stop signs ought to be fined quite heavily the first time and their license is taken away if they're caught again. But that's just me. Uh, That's my editorial there. Cops are, are running these left turn red lights anymore. It's absolutely disgusting the disrespect that our laws have, even our, our, our safety laws, our, our, our traffic laws, things like that. Back to the sermon. I've said all I'm going to say on that. Beyond fines or, or, or heavier fines can come a loss of license, maybe jail time if you continue to break tra- certain traffic laws. Laws for felony and, and misdemeanor crimes have, have appropriate fines and other sentences as well. Some are fair, some perhaps maybe not so much, but that's another subject for another time. We are encouraged to be good, law-abiding citizens, every one of us. Romans 13.1 is explicit when it says that uh, to be subject to the governing authorities, for these have been established by God. And then we have the laws and commands given to us by God. If you look at the history of the Israelite people, I I think you'll find or see that the many ways that we can break the laws of God that may not cost us much at all. 
nothing is really done, nothing, is, uh, nothing happens to us or anything like that. If we simply ignore what God has said the first time, However, look at the many situations that the people got themselves into when not listening to God for a long period of time. Look at how in Romans 1, we see that in verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And the worst, verse 24 of Romans 1. Therefore God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts. Now, while that may sound like freedom for a lot of people, for a lot of non-Christians, I think you and I know what the repercussions are going to be if we ever get to that point. Do you see how far we can go in this life? All the way from a simple talking to because we break one simple household rule to having God simply walk away from us because He got so fed up with our failing to do what He said, He left the people to their own desires. Why did all these examples occur from the least to the greatest? You ever thought about that? Because at times... We put faith in ourselves to make decisions for ourselves. We choose not to listen to those who who know what's best for us many times. Whether that's our parents, all the way to God our Father. And what are the repercussions from lacking the faith in what has been given to us in our laws? Rules to live by or whatever the case may be. We must be disciplined. Now, discipline can occur for a number of different reasons. If our lack of faith in the rule system we've been given, let's, let's say the home, we could potentially cause problems for the family. For perhaps a, maybe a younger sibling who, who might be under your care and you're told to do certain things for that child and you ignore what's been told to us, something could happen and not real good to that particular young sibling that you have. Don't play with matches. I think we all heard that growing up. But don't play with matches could be to keep you from burning down the house. Or as it did with me when I was two years old, catching myself on fire. That was a lot of fun. We keep telling my little 11-month-old great-granddaughter not to go under a table or try to climb up under a chair. We know what's going to happen. She's going to stand up, and this happened the other morning. I'm sitting at the computer, and she's up under the table, and it's boom, boom, boom. Don't do that, Shirley. You're going to bop your head. You're going to hurt yourself, and yet she's going to keep doing that until somebody tries to get out underneath her, which is punishing us, because then you've got to climb up under the table and, and try to, to, to get her. She's going one way, and she knows what you're doing. So that, that's not exactly a whole lot of fun either. But we're trying to teach her other positions that could potentially harm her. Don't put herself in harm's way, okay? And I'm sure all you all younger parents out here, you're, you're doing the same thing. And, and older parents have done that in their time as well. In school, teachers want to give you every possible chance to be successful in life by increasing your fundamental knowledge of basic core courses. To learn to to be good citizens wherever you go. To learn self-discipline, which we'll talk a little bit more a little bit later. 
And by simply learning to follow directions when you get beyond life out into, or get into uh, beyond school into life, if you don't follow these instructions, you won't get good grades. You may be limited in what extracurricular activities you can be a part of. You, you may be suspended from school because you don't follow the rules. Paddling ended many years ago if there was the problem within a confines of a school day. Ah, the days of standing outside the principal's office, Mr. Townsend, and waiting for the execution to occur. That was a lot of fun. But then, as soon as the paddling was over, and we knew how many they normally were going to get, you have to run away real quick because he had this big window right there beside his office. We knew that if you got caught standing there watching as they came out, you were going to be the next to be executed. So we ran very quickly. But maybe for some people who are, are uh, look at our laws as, as things that we don't necessarily have to, to uh, adhere to, that uh, they're not designed for them, okay? That, that we, and oftentimes we see people that just feel like they're above the law, okay? These are problems for, the, for everyone, all right? But not, uh, what about our laws? Just the, the basic concepts. What are, what are they designed to do? Are they designed just to keep our money and, or take our money and keep us from having any fun? Well, a lot of people might think so. For some, maybe not as mature in attitude, it would seem that way at least. But our laws are designed to keep everyone, not just a few here or there, but everyone, citizens of the United States, of South Carolina, of York County, of Rock Hill, it's designed to keep them safe. Keeps disagreements between neighbors minimal. It allows for all to live peaceably and peacefully together. We're not allowed in any case to, to simply run rampant over everyone else. Peace, order, and harmony are the orders of the day for us all. Of course, there are sets of rules to have to live by in just about any kind of circumstance. Some of them common sense rules, okay? You go to a grocery store. You go orderly up and down the aisles. You don't go knocking a bunch of stuff off the aisles or anything like that and just keep on walking and laughing merrily on the way. If you do that the first time, you might get a glare. Second time, you might have someone say something to you. The third time they have to do that, they're probably going to throw you out. Get gasoline for your car in a particular way, and you can run the risk of endangering yourself or the riders in your car. Or others getting gas, maybe at that same station. Or perhaps you might even endanger that entire gas station itself by doing the wrong things, by not following the rules of how to get gas for your car. Now, certain laws are just based on common sense. Some laws are just plain dumb. Let me give you a couple of for instance. You can't use plastic confetti in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah? There's no feeding garbage to pigs in Arizona without a permit. Here's one for you from all places, California. If a frog dies in a frog jumping contest, it cannot be eaten and must be destroyed immediately. Here's another one for you. In Colorado, you have to get a permit to modify the weather. Think about that. 
in Idaho. This one gets a little more gross, but cannibalism is outlawed, and you can have up to 14 years imprisonment if they catch you doing that. <laughs> Common sense. Did I mention that one? Oh, North Carolina has a toughie. A bingo game cannot, sponsored by a commercial organization cannot last more than five hours. <laughs> well, let's look at South Carolina. We're not immune to these, okay? Guys, listen carefully. The Sartain family. A male over the age of 16 cannot seduce a woman by falsely promising to marry her. Eh? However, no law exists on the books for the opposite gender to do the same to the male. And we talk about equal rights, huh? <laughs> there was a law downtown in Lancaster at one time, honest to goodness truth that you could not laugh in the downtown square after 6 o'clock, and I think it was on a Saturday evening. That law was on the books until probably 20 years ago. We laugh at these laws, but a couple that I read I didn't tell you about were over 150 years old and still in the books. At some point, as goofy as these laws may seem to us, it was of great importance to those who had those laws put into place. They made sense, whatever kind of sense that was. But they were seen as, as methods of discipline to any and all who were in those communities or states. For whatever reason, they had to be enforced by law enforcement. All so that those in that area could live peaceably and at peace with all those around them. In short... We need discipline in nearly every aspect of our life, okay? Our passage this morning begins with the warning to not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of His reproof. And that's the subject, really, of our lesson this morning. God's discipline of His people. Remember as well what God's Word is meant to be for us. 2 Timothy 3.16 It is God's breathed Word to us, inerrant in every way, and useful to us for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness so that we might be equipped to do God's every good work. To be taught, as we've seen in other examples with life, school, and so on, to show us a way in which we are to be set apart from the rest of the world or those who perhaps just as simple as break the rules. Discipline or reproof is necessary to render that teaching effectual, making sure that we are to remember our lessons well, so to speak. Correction when needs be, because we're human and we are prone to get in uh, to do things wrong a lot of the times needed so that the mind and the spirit will be brought into submission. Without that, we'll not be able to gain knowledge and use it appropriately. In essence, God's Word shapes us into who we need to be. To be in the best relationship with Him and to be the most useful that we can possibly be in His kingdom work, wherever that might take place. Now let me ask you this, when you've been disciplined in your life, be it at school, at home, by our, our law bodies, or whatever, how, how did it feel? How did it make you feel? If you're like me, I hated being disciplined. I detested it. Still do. 
I was always victim of someone else's wrongdoing. I just happened to be the one to get caught. Okay? The older I got, though, the more it became less unpleasant, maybe, but, but discipline became more acceptable, I suppose, as I got older. On the other hand, uh, as I got older, it, it made it easier for me when I had to, to dole out discipline on, on people in my, in my family or, or whatever the case may be. It helped me to be able to understand more fully why discipline was so necessary. If you look in the grand scheme of things, as, as many people often do not until they're put in that kind of position, they just don't understand why discipline is necessary. You should just be able to go and do anything you want to do. And that's not the case at all, not to live peacefully and peaceably. That's just not the way things are done. But as I got older, this discipline became more necessary for me to dole out. I'll give you one for instance. When it comes to driving, I have one rule. And I may have told you all this rule before sometime or another. But I have a rule that even my 11-year-old grandson is being taught now. Some have listened to me and have learned from my one rule. Others know more than their old daddy or granddaddy knows. and They have to learn for themselves. And I pray, though, that it never costs them more than just money out of their pocket. The rule, this is no offense to anybody in this room today because I am guilty of being one on occasion. And you can use this rule yourself if you'd like. But the rule is, listen carefully, everyone outside this car is an idiot and it's up to you to protect them. (laughs) Think about it. Think about it. Simple, but effective, okay? But as I said, with my own self-discipline, which at times can be more harsh than any discipline that anyone else could lay upon me, I realized I pulled a bonehead mistake in my car, and I know that I've broken my own rule. It makes me feel really dumb. But I learn from it most of the time, and I move on, or I try to justify it to myself. Great conversations in the car when I'm by myself, you know? (laughs) It's only when I say, huh. That's when it gets kind of weird, okay? But, but I, you know, you, you just you learn from these mistakes and, and you move forward from them. Our sin should affect us really in the same way. If we're caught in a sin, especially when we're young and, and we may have these same feelings that I just laid out this morning in the sermon, we don't like discipline at all if it's something that we've been caught in, especially, I reiterate that, that we have been caught in because there are many sins we will not be caught by anyone. But there's a direct correlation to our growing faith in Christ and our understanding of our own sin and its repercussions. That understanding is part of the Lord's discipline upon us. It's a self-discipline at times. Discipline can take, take on a number of different appearances. Some, when we're caught in them, have immediate and impactful repercussions. Brett mentioned this in in, in the prayer service that they went to this weekend. But if we're caught in adultery, let's say, there's going to be immediate pain, the likes of which are so vast, it would be impossible to name all of the emotions that might take place at this particular moment. 
Look at the Israelites. They're, they're a perfect example of the Lord's discipline. So many times when they turned their backs on God to pursue their own man-made gods, they would purposely ignore what God had commanded them to do, and they'd go their own route, whatever that happened to be. But what would happen to the people when they did that? They'd lose communication with God. Or they'd be punished in some way and losing family, losing battles that God had told them. All you got to do is just do it my way. You go in, waltz right in, you're going to win. But they'd do it their own way and then they would lose and they couldn't figure out why. And then there's Achan in Joshua 7. God said, do not take any spoils from that battle. So what did they do? Achan took spoils from that battle. And it cost him and his whole family. Their life. Their whole family. Can you imagine that? In our way of thinking, when the Father's admonitions are ignored or are violated, we can expect a good old-fashioned spanking to prevent the wrong from becoming a habit. Hebrews 12 says to endure hardship as discipline. God's treating you as one of His children. And while this can be a troubling thought that that God will discipline us, it should be comforting to know that He does that to those whom He loves. And if you think about it, if one ignores God his entire life through, and then judgment is sent to hell, that is the most painful thing that God could ever do. Why? Because He loved that soul so much. And yet, through hard-headedness, through human stubbornness, through pride, look what it cost him. You see, this is what he's trying to keep from happening to us. He is trying to keep us from going down the wrong road when he disciplines you and me. Now, while this can be a a crippling thought or a a troubling thought that that God will discipline us, it should be comforting to know He does it to the ones that He loves. Now, there are a couple of different types of discipline. There's instruction and training and all that we've heard in 2 Timothy 3.16. It includes rewards and punishment. All All necessary to understand what obeying rules or orders is all about. We're not given a series of thou shalt nots anymore. But we're also given blessed are in the Beatitudes, okay? There's punishing bad habits or bad behavior that we exhibit. Things that we all get into from time to time. What's being developed is a display of willingness to adhere to rules and follow instruction what we may be what may be beyond our understanding at that particular time. It's what faith is all about. God's perfect plan realizes that as young, immature Christians, like young children, we have to go through that no-no stage. Everybody know what that is? That's the first words I think every child learns. No, no. We don't say yes, yes, do we? You ever thought about that? We always say, no, no, don't do that. No, no. As we age and mature, though, that chastening or correction changes to fit the lifestyle and age of that person. That's what God's divine discipline should mean to us, okay? 
Will we always like our discipline? Probably not. Now, understand one more thing here. That doesn't mean that God will always do the disciplining directly. There's not going to be some large hand come out of the sky and smack you on the rear end when you've done something wrong. It doesn't work that way. As you grow in your Christian walk, your spirit, through the work of the Holy Spirit in you, will be there with you to tell you that you have sinned against God. And now, what are we going to do about it? Are we just going to forget it? Are we going to try to hide it? Or are we going to repent from it and move forward? So again, I ask you, are are you going to like the discipline? No, I doubt it seriously. I personally don't like it when I have to have a good talk with myself or have someone far wiser than me point out what I've done wrong. I don't like it a bit. But I also understand that it's needed in my life at times. We may experience this discipline through through other means outside ourselves. I I received a bit a couple of weeks ago at a a service that uh, Mount Prospect Baptist Church and First ARP had. I was shamed because of a lot of the thinking that I had done that was pointed out that particular night. It's like they were talking to me. I received it many times when I I talked with some of you all about that hit on things that I have thought or perhaps maybe have not done in in my life or, or even in the church life. Discipline can come with outcomes of of or change with outcomes in your life. There are so many ways that discipline can be reflected in our lives. However, know that discipline will not come in the form of us being treated as criminals. It's God our Father training and discipling His children. Always, always remember that. And usually if you you think about it, just as a young person in the home, you come to realize pretty well you got what you deserved. Lastly, remember as well from verse 12 that the Lord disciplines those whom He loves once again. This statement pretty well explains itself. It really does not take a great deal of breaking down. One last thought here and we'll close. This is an editorial. uh, My own personal thoughts here, okay? I talked to a number of pastors and have over the last 18 plus months that are very, very dear friends of mine. We all look at the country, the world that we live in, a place where it seems evil is running rampant, ever more growing by leaps and bounds every day. It's what we're dealing with on a daily basis. Their words have been that we as the people of God need to repent from our sins and turn back to God that He will not turn away from us as He did with the Israelites before the birth of Christ. Or we are going to be disciplined big time. And I keep thinking to myself, but we've got the church. We've got each other. We're not turning our backs on God. If anything, we're turning more to Him. We're staying faithful. And though God knows who is and who is not following His will for us in the world, we as the body of Christ are responsible for ourselves and for each other. A lot of the church universal is going off the rails right now. And they're not teaching Christ as they should. A lot of the church universal is not even preaching the gospel anymore. They're too interested in too many other things of the world. 
They're allowing the world to come into the church. And they're forgetting about who they should really be following. Who who they really should be listening to. They forget about whose house this really is. It's God's house, not ours. They're not focused on salvation as we all in the church ought to be. They're promoting separation rather than unity in the church. So I ask you, how can we change that? Hmm? I mean, the church is so large, we'd never be able to meet everyone who was a professing Christian. We might call it the visible church of today. How, how can we make a difference by following the way of Jesus? By producing spiritual fruit, as we see in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. By promoting peace in your own life and those around you. In the life of your family in the church family that you have, that we have, by learning more and more each day to follow the instruction of God through Christ. The old Christmas song, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. It's more than that though. It's so much more than just peace with one another. It's about having a right relationship with God once again. For you, for me, for the church, and for the world. I ask you, are we willing to change it? Are we willing to make a difference in those around us? If we are, know that discipline is necessary for every one of us. It isn't meant to be retribution or revenge. Accept it for what it is. And grow with it, not just go with it. Let us, as Hill City Church, make a difference with all that we come in contact with. Because if we don't do it, who will? Let's pray. Thank you again, Lord. Thank you for this lesson on discipline. Never thought I'd say that. But I'm grateful to you, Father, for having just taught me through preparation on this sermon what discipline in my life should be about. And I pray that as we talk this morning, maybe folks begin to think a little bit more along those lines as well. The discipline is for those that are loved by you, not those who are... are, being have, having revenge against or anything like that. You're not a vengeful God. You're a loving God. You're our loving Father. So would you help us? Would you strengthen us? Would you give us a renewed energy to serve you, to live peaceably and peacefully with others around us? But may they see your love in us as we do it. Bless us to that end. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.